0: What's up, everybody? Happy Monday morning. It is May 6, 2019. This is the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. I am Will Brinson, and I am surprising you by still being on this program on Monday. This is my vacation this week, but when the bosses say, do a Monday show, I do a Monday show. And if that means dragging Ryan Wilson onto the phone to ruin his Sunday... A huge, I mean, the, if you're the biggest day of your year, Ryan. Is Cinco de Mayo? I know you love it like no other day. That's
1: right. And, Number uh, two is the draft. Number one is Cinco de Mayo.
0: That's right. Um, do you think John does John Breach celebrate Cinco de Mayo?
1: I'm surprised. Well, you know what Sean celebrates? Sean Wagner McGuff. No, uh, no, I don't. Oh, uh, may May the Fourth be with you. Well done. I didn't even have to give you a hint. Oh my God, it's the John worst. celebrates every day. Every day he's alive, John's celebrating. So I, he celebrates May the Fourth. He celebrates Cinco de Mayo.
0: No, this is not a super French show, but let's, uh, let's, let's take a guess on over under how many shots of tequila John Breach takes on Cinco de Mayo 2019. Your thoughts?
1: Five. Not because it's the fifth, but because he's five feet tall.
0: Wow. Should we call him and ask him how many shots he's going to take and then hang up on him? (laughs)
1: <laughs> you mean like uh chris ballard and john dorsey
0: yeah actually we'll dive right into that we're gonna talk some camp. uh stuff. Hey, hold on
1: first i want to ask uh, if someone's listening to this podcast at 8 a.m on monday morning where are you on i-95 or are you flying
0: oh we're flying we're flying to orlando Oh, there's no way are you getting there um 11 a.m
1: must be so nice are you staying on the property
0: we are staying on the property we're going to disney for those that don't know if you're in disney don't come say hey to me. I don't Please want to. Please
1: come say hi to him. No, Stop him. Get would, a selfie with him. I'd love it. Tell him the, how Endgame works out. He wants to know all these things.
0: Don't spoil Endgame for me. I don't do it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm so you realize. know what
1: happens if you stay on the property and when you and when you land, right? They take
0: your bags there, right?
1: You show up to the room, and the, and the room is filled with your stuff.
0: Yeah, that's that's. What, they said it could take up to three hours to get the Who stuff. Who Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, when you
1: buy things in the park, they send them right to your room.
0: Yeah, and we – I don't know. When was the last time you went?
1: 2014. Okay. First and last. So I won't like to go back. We haven't been back since.
0: Do they, did they have the wristbands then?
1: Yeah, wristbands, and you can do everything in your app, and I'm sure it's a million times better now. Yeah. I will tell you this quickly. I don't know if I told this on the podcast or somewhere else, but when we went – are you going to all the parks?
0: Uh, I can tell you in a second what our – going,
1: going to Magic Kingdom, of course. Of course.
0: Uh, Planet Hollywood –
1: Okay, so Planet Hollywood. Here's what happened we to Planet Hollywood. Cause, um, I don't know if Robbie's in the Star Wars, but there's a lot of Star Wars stuff there that's really cool.
0: He's not, but, but sure.
1: Um, uh, well, they have the cars things there, at least when I was there, a bunch of things. But anyway, when you check in, and I'm sure all the parks like this, but I remember it because it was Planet Hollywood. They have, um, they go through your bags, of course. You're allowed to bring food in and drinks. That's actually not an issue. Uh, one guy in front of me, he was a Spanish speaking gentleman. I'm sure he spoke English, but for reasons that will become clear in a second, he acted like he didn't. Uh, they were going through his bags, looking at the food, and, they have tables, and those tables actually are um metal detectors as well, which yeah. aren't clear because I'm sure they want to do that on the on the down low, skids say. So he had a can of Pringles, no big deal. You can take Pringles in there, but the Pringles set off the metal detector, and you know, this was a surprise to me, probably not a surprise to the person the security person. This this guy, and I give him a lot of credit for trying to pull this off, tried to sneak because the Pringles can will fit perfectly to twelve ounce cans of your favorite beer. <laughs> And he, he he said, listen, kids, you're not eating Pringles, but, Dad, he's going to get 24 ounces of beer in there. So he had two cans of beer in his Pringles can, Uh and they caught it with a metal detector. And when they sort of asked him about it, he suddenly didn't speak English, which I thought was uh, hilarious in several. But I gave, I was like, dude, I give you a lot of credit for desperately wanting to drink Budweiser and not wanting to pay $8 a pop for it. So don't do that is my advice to you.
0: Well, now you can apparently – like, I mean, I don't remember – I went in the eighties when I was probably five or six and I don't remember a whole lot about it. Uh, maybe a little bit older, seven or eight, but, um, you know, that was the, that's the last time I've been. I mean, obviously technology has dramatically changed. We've got, uh, see, so we're going to do, uh, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, uh, Animal Kingdom. Nice. And Hollywood Studios, I believe. That's
1: is. all four. Yeah. So listen, the advice on, on oh, Animal yeah. Kingdom and someone gave us this advice as well. Mm-hmm. Do the safari ride early. Yes. Because, number one, it gets crowded, but number two, the animals will be out. But when you're going – it probably won't be too hot down there, but they don't – once it gets hot, they go into the shade. Sure. So try to get the first tram like at 9, 15 or whatever it is.
0: We have a uh- – I don't want, I'm not going to say what day it is, just in case anybody oh, listens hey, just
1: look at this guy, big time and everybody I'm not all big of a time.
0: A, I mean, no, I, mean like, I don't, I mean, I don't, I hope, I hope I see people, podcast listeners in Disney World. I don't Please stop him
1: and take selfies and send them to me and Breach and Sean on Twitter.
0: I will be wearing Pick 6 Pod shirts down there. So if you, if you're in Disney World this week, holler at your there boy. five on
1: yourself at once and just hand out the first four. Thank you,
0: you I'm trying to, hopefully Sean's shirt is in the mail. Uh, yeah, we've got a, but we got these fast passes. I don't know if mm-hmm. you yeah, so like we have a like whenever we're doing Animal Kingdom, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. We can show Perfect. up in an hour in that hour range, hop on the Fast Pass, and we're cruising around the Kilimanjaro Safari. So pretty. Yeah, get there at
1: the 10 o'clock, closer to 10 than 11.
0: Yeah. So get you there, can yeah. free
1: up the Fast Pass on your phone, like if you want to do that again, if you want to do another ride again, you can do it on your phone and get the next available Fast Pass and go.
0: It's gonna be hilarious when we both get emails like, "Hey, is this a Disney podcast or is this a football um, podcast?" Well,
1: I'm That's trying right. to think. Game of Thrones has no affiliations with Disney, so no. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is.
0: Yeah. And, uh yeah, sorry, this is an ESPN Disney podcast. Um,
1: by CBS. Brought to you by CBS. Brought
0: to you by CBS Sports. No, uh, Game of Thrones happened last night. We haven't watched it as we're recording this because we're recording on Sunday afternoon. I may try to call in for the Tuesday oh, yeah. show. Probably not. Uh, Ryan. I that. I'm not going to. Ryan, Sean, and John will break down Game of Thrones. Uh, I think Pete Prisco and Brady Quinn, maybe, are going to host the show this week. And uh, it'll be some Super Friends action outside of that. Thank you, Ryan, to you guys for, for taking care of business for me and my my departure. Let's, uh, let's take care of business now as it relates to uh, some around the NFL happenings. Or not, actually, we're going to talk about, you mentioned Chris Ballard. Let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's take a peek at, this is a little, this is from the Colts. Two and- this is from the Colts video inside the war room. Um, Chris Ballard being prank called by John Dorsey in the middle of the draft. When John Dorsey, by the way, did not have, the Colts are on the clock. Uh, John Dorsey and, and being called by the Redskins who came up and got Montez sweat. Um, and the, uh, the, the Browns, of course, do not have a first round pick. To next year. Put it up on the, uh, um, for screen. <laughs> <laughs> that is John Dorsey. So, when the Browns did not have a first-round pick, and the Colts are on the clock, and they're trying to make a deal with the Redskins, John Dorsey sitting at home, or sitting in the worm, I guess. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe at home. he might have been at home. I mean, did they? I mean, I'm sure they were at the office, but like, I don't. In think a lazy
1: they, boy, either way.
0: Yeah, and um, he calls. He calls, uh, Chris Ballard in the Colts War Room because he's got the number and it rings and it shows up as Cleveland or, you know, whatever it's programmed in as. And Dorian Ballard said, I'm busy. Leave me alone and hangs up on him. I think it's awesome. I love, uh, we saw videos like this, Ryan, over the last week from both the Colts who had an incredible seven minute or maybe a 17 minute, um,
1: break. And they did it throughout the process, starting with like the senior bowl and how they, they go through the process from January to, you know, early May. It it was awesome. The Bills did one. The, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because the Patriots had one. It was literally 12 seconds of Bill Belichick grumbling to someone that he just drafted, and the rest was just a, a bunch of guys working for Patriots.com talking about the picks. And I, was, I figured that was fitting. Um, were the other teams that had some?
0: Uh, no, those are mostly the ones I watched, but I, I just yeah. think it's interesting that these younger GMs are willing to let people behind the curtain, so to speak, and to kind of see what's going on in these war rooms. I, I mean, I thought the Bills gave too much access. I mean, it's almost like, I mean, they're like freaking out where they can, you know, they can, I, I don't know. It's just, I, it's good. It's I like it.
1: actually done it for a few years too. Um, just nobody but,
0: cared when it was Doug Whaley. Yeah,
1: fair enough. But um, there was a uh, Brian Bean, the, Brandon Bean, excuse me, the the general manager is a former scout and he still, there's, there's actually really uh, several good articles in the Athletic about sort of his process and he travels to. The college games in the fall, he and his assistant GM, and they're gone like Friday, Saturday. They fly right back home, get home at 2 in the morning, go right to the football stadium for the Bills game. And this is – I mean they're busy. This is basically their two weeks that they have off, and it's just sort of the process that they go through. And he made a good point. I want to be able to say I've seen these kids play before I try to make my case in front of the other scouts that are selling their cases because they take you more serious. They take you more seriously. And that, and that certainly makes sense, but it's hard to get out, travel over the country – and he actually said in his interview with uh, the Pagulas, he said, "Well, I have access to a private plane." And this is a guy that was coming from Carolina. He was the assistant GM in Carolina.
0: Yeah, he was a uh, uh, Dave Gettleman's right hand man there in Carolina.
1: And he said, because um, that's a big part of me taking this job. I don't want to be stuck in Buffalo and not be because it's a lot easier to get to games if you're uh, in Charlotte. You can drive to any ACC game you want to get a lot of get to a lot of SEC games even. But in that's Buffalo, right. it's a good hump to get anywhere. So I needed access to a private plane, and, and Pagula said, "Yeah, we'll have you one." for most of the weekends and and that sort of helped him obviously see guys and get home and all that stuff. But anyway, yeah, no, super interesting things we wouldn't have known otherwise. Um, Speaking of Dave Gettleman, the Giants not, had their uh, mini camp.
0: I was about to say this, uh, you know, this is not a Disney podcast. This is a New York Giants, Dave Gettleman podcast.
1: And I just don't, I, I wonder, I would be curious to know what Brandon Bain thinks about what Dave Gettleman's doing starting last year with taking Saquon over Sam Darnold this year with Take it. it sounds like, number one, they were duped. Gettleman was duped into taking Daniel Jones at number six because he thought someone else was going to take him between six and 17 when the Giants had their second first-round pick, the one that got for Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. And there was even some conversation that he might trade up to four or five to try to get Daniel Jones. And we talked in the previous podcast about how he fell in love with Daniel Jones, watching him at a few, for a few series at the Senior Bowl. And I just – I'd like, I say it all the time, I like Daniel Jones. I don't love him, especially at number six. And I just feel like this kid is set up to fail. So here's what happens. He had his first mini camp and they asked him all the obvious questions. But here's what happens next. And, and this is a play by play, a blow by blow from the athletic. Jones's media obligations were far from over after he had to talk to the media after his first uh, mini camp. He then had to do a uh, run through the gauntlet of quick hitting one on one television interviews. He did NBC, local station, ESPN, NFL network, MSG, ABC, SNY. And then uh each got a few minutes with the future of the franchise. So this guy's been thrown in going from being at Duke where no one cares what he's doing. Mm-hmm. They just talk about the fact that he works with David Cutcliffe and he makes that football team better to being the center of New York City. uh The heir apparent to, to Eli Manning, Eli Manning 2.0, basically same haircut, a little faster. I just I don't think this is going to work out. And Dave got him and told us to wait three years. What is your prediction of what things look like in twenty twenty two for the for the New York Giants? <laughs>
0: uh, they are at a crossroads with a Eli
1: Manning still quarterback. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. They're at a crossroads with uh, Saquon Barkley's contract. He's got nine thousand touches in his four year NFL career, and uh, they're trying to decide if they should give him a a, a twenty five million dollar a year running back contract.
1: What is they, but what is where's Daniel Jones going to be?
0: I mean, I, I I think I do think that we're. Everybody's interested in writing him off too soon, and but like, only the fact that everyone is piling on this pick is, has me concerned. Like, if it, were- I'm not piling
1: on the pick. I'm pi- not piling on the person. I'm piling on the fact that he piling on the fact that he went six. Um, and I think that going to be oh, that's going to be the overarching storyline for everything he does. So when he throws an interception in the first preseason game, people are going to lose their minds. And I don't look. It, I don't care. Like I said, he's a good player. He's not a great player. But I wonder if it's going to weigh on him. Like, how is he going to be able to manage all these insane expectations that were thrust upon him, not by New York, but by Dave Gettleman, New York, and, the fame, New York, Dave Guttman.
0: Well, and the other thing too is that, like, Dave Guttman, Dave Gettleman says. He's going to sit. I mean, is Eli going to play well enough? And the Giants going to win enough games where you don't insert the number six pick at some point in the first ten games of the season? I mean, that that would be an upset. I mean, maybe it'll happen. I mean, I think the Giants could surprise and could be better than people think. It could win games with their run with their running attack and you know a short passing game. And why didn't
1: it work last year when they had better players?
0: Well, again, I don't think it's going to happen, Ryan. I'm just saying it could. Like, you know, we we do the best case, worst case every year. Like what is the everything breaks right, Carson Wentz is hurt again, the Cowboys are frauds, Washington's terrible, best case scenario for the Giants.
1: What did they win last year? Five games? Yeah. They could win they could win seven or eight games. I
0: mean they could win nine games. They could go nine and seven. All
1: right. Uh, that I mean that's like two of the teams get caught in a cave for like four months.
0: Again, this is everything is on the table. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. They're all held, held hostage by Dave Gettleman's mustache. <laughs>
0: Dave Gettleman, I don't like Dave Gettleman, evil Dave Gettleman's goatee at all.
1: He he is evil Dave Gettleman. Maybe that's the issue.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, look, I I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. But Dave Gettleman, you know, said, you know, hypothetically, we could be picking twenty two next year. That this is, you know, six is the closest we'll ever get. It's like, well, no, you had two last year. I just think you could have gone Sam Darnold and Josh Jacobs, and you'd be better off than Saquon Barkley and Dave. Hundred
1: percent, right? Yeah, um, our guy Warren Sharp. Said that they could have had Sam Darnold and then, um, Josh Allen this year. But if they had Sam Darnold, I'm guessing it would have been a better football team. So Josh Allen may not have been avail- available. Josh Jacobs would have been available. Either way, the defense isn't better. They got rid of, uh, Landon Collins, replaced him with Jabril Peppers. Maybe that's a, uh, you know, if Landon Collins is a 10, let, let's say that Jabril Peppers is, is an 11. So is he that much better than Landon Collins? Probably not, but he doesn't make your defense that much better. They traded Olivier Vernon. We know that they got rid of, um, Odell Beckham. Offensively, they're not better. They drafted O'Shane Zimenez in the third round. He's out of ODU, so he's he's not uh, an unproven guy from a smaller school. They got Dexter Lawrence, so that helps them middle the middle of defense, but does that help the pass rush? He's not a pass rusher. They got DeAndre Baker, who I think is a, a really good cornerback, but is he a game changer? I don't know that at the next level. He's small. Julian Love, they got in the fourth round is also small, and then they got Daniel Jones. Like like I've been saying, this football team is not better than they were two months ago.
0: By the way, Odell Beckham. Um. He, uh, let's see, what did he say? He's, he told, uh, he told Eli something. Dave Gettleman did. I'm trying to find it. Um, he, he basically said, it's, it's like, it's your job to, he, um, who knows? We drafted a quarterback. We, we, we believe he's a franchise quarterback. That's really the long and short of it. Um, but he said he was fine. I told him it's your job. Let's roll. He said, let's go. He also apparently was like, it's this kid's job to crawl up your, your bottom. Or like, or your tuckus, or something. something tuckus, Something, some weird way, um, that they, uh, like to describe butt. Like he didn't say butt. He, and I can't remember what he said and I wish I could. Backside? Yeah, backside. Yeah, it's his job to crawl up your backside or something like that. Um.
1: Come on, evil Dave.
0: Oh, this is a good, uh, I didn't see this during the draft, but, uh, Jimmy Kemsky pointed mm-hmm. out, our pal Jimmy Kemsky pointed out that Daniel Jones was pick six. Mm, yeah, yeah that should be his number. Pick six. Pick six. I can't. I can't. I can't find it where he said he broke it to him. But you, you get the point. Um, we're going to be talking about this for three years, nonstop, and t- unless unless Daniel Jones is just great.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like I said, I was telling Pete this during the during the during the show during the draft show. I said I would not take. I think we talked about it the night before on the podcast from the doghouse. I would not take Eli Manning number six if it, if I knew I was getting his product productivity, not the Super Bowls because you know he he actually played well in the right, Super Bowls, right. but just to, you know how many times they've had a winning season since 2012?
0: Uh, once when they went to one. the playoffs. Yeah, they, one. Right, they haven't been that good. Uh, no. And, and look, by the way, Giants.com is propping this up like crazy. It's hilarious. It's like to, Daniel Jones gets right to work at, at rookie minicamp. Um, five things we learned at rookie minicamp. Jones, amazing. Jones has tools to succeed. And Shermer's scheme.
1: I mean – He could. He could. It's just the thing – and I'm not even down on Jones. Like I said, when he makes mistakes, the New York media and the fans are going to be all over him because of the expectations. Because Dave Gettleman, whether he wants to admit it or not, overreacted to by taking this kid number six because he was duped by the likes of Bruce Allen. Think about that for a second.
0: Yep. No, it's it's, it's it, he got duped by Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. Uh, elsewhere in many camps, Paris Campbell, DK Metcalf. Receivers, rookie receivers, and, uh, as pointed out by NFL.com, they are gathering rave reviews. Pete Carroll said he may be, of oh, DK Metcalf, he may be even more unique than we thought. There has never been a guy who ran faster who was that big and strong at mm. the combine.
1: Um, you know what's funny? We, that, this is, I, I should have said, I should have been louder about this, but you get nervous in the run to the draft that people are down on this kid because he's not bendy as, as Pete likes to call him. The Rob Rangart guy, um, Draft guy's been a draft guy forever was at in Camp and he said, I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to take pictures, but the the one handed catches and the acrobatic catches this guy was making was was off the charts crazy. And he's, he's like, this guy could be something special. And I hope he is.
0: Yeah. Harris um, Campbell. By, by think- the way, by the way, I would add to uh, this is from Bob Condotta of the Seattle Times. Uh, U, uh Ugo Amati yeah. um, said, that guy's a freak. He, mm-hmm. uh, and then Pete Carroll, of course, praised him and Pointed out that you know, I mean, you know, we're going to start him where we know that he can fit right now, but we are wide open to anything. In other words, he's probably going to be the split end for now, and then he's uh, ideally would move around. But I, I, I would expect that he just lines up as the guy who runs down the, down the, uh, down like the the nine route and just sprints down the field.
1: Wait, who Ugo is a safety?
0: Yeah, no, I'm saying he, Ugo is talking about DK Metcalf.
1: Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah so um, Ugo can play safety, play a little cornerback. He's out of or- uh, Oregon. He, uh, had,
0: he had matched up against D.K. Metcalf in high school, so he was sort of giving them some gotcha. inside info about him. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Zach Kiefer of the Indianapolis Star writes that Colts rookie Paris Campbell flaunts his stuff on day one. He said uh, – Campbell said, I'm just excited to come into an explosive offense and add another piece. Kiefer said, here's a guess. It won't take long. I would note that, um, uh, uh, that Kiefer also wrote early on in the rookie minicamp last year that he expected – Naheem Hines to be a big part of Frank Reich's offense, and that was exactly the case.
1: Thank God um, you got that mentioned in there.
0: Well, I'm just saying that Kiefer, if Kiefer, Kiefer is Kiefer has lots of uh, lots of good <laughs> observations. Kiefer's a good dude, too.
1: Yeah, here's the thing. I read this. I don't know if it was Kiefer or someone else wrote this. It may have been um, God, I can't remember the athletic guy that covers Indy. He used to work for ESPN. Stephen Holder, is that his
0: name? Yeah, Stephen Holder works for the Athletic now.
1: Yeah, he was he was writing about this, and it was actually a really good read. Paris Campbell, you watch him play, he looks small. He looks like he's like 5'10". He's actually 6 feet even, 200 pounds. He runs a four three one, So he's a big guy. So I don't know how big T.Y. is. T.Y. is probably 6 feet, maybe a little smaller. But, um, you know, he's not an undersized receiver. He could be actually, quote-unquote, a big slot. He was running deep routes, which was a concern coming out of Ohio State. They got Rocky Asin, the cornerback, who looks really good. That was their first second-round pick. Then they got big Ben Banigou, their second second second-round pick. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he, they're going to move him all around the defense. He's like six three, two fifty. And then, of course, they got Paris Hilton, their third second round pick. God, so Hilton is
0: Paris Campbell.
1: I call him Paris Hilton. Yeah, just get used sure to it. it. Just yeah. accept it. Yeah, that's fine. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, talk about best case for the Colts. Best case for the Colts, they could win the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They're definitely a Super Bowl team. Hey, uh, by the way, what do you think about speaking of winning championships? What do you think about the Kentucky Derby? I know you're a big
1: horse guy. Like, what was I doing yesterday? I don't know. I was offline, as I usually am when I'm not uh, talking to you or yelling at Sean about Arsenal soccer. And I got on the – what What time was the race?
0: Uh, post post time was 6.45.
1: So I must have been on looking at Twitter like around 7.30 and people were oh, going crazy. Oh,
0: yeah. People were losing their minds about 7.30. And, it might,
1: and actually our guy Jonathan Jones from um, SI.com, formerly the Charlotte Observer, asked the question that I had, like how what constitutes – Disqualification in a horse race because who the hell knows? And I guess the the horse cut lanes or something. Is that what happened?
0: Well, fortunately, you're talking to a guy who's been to Churchill Downs in the past. And actually, um, when we oh, were, were you there uh, last uh, fall, I disappeared for the weekend. Went to Churchill. Oh, Day. that's
1: right. You were you went to you told your wife you're going to Louisville and then you disappeared.
0: Yeah. Well, so my buddy, growing up, um is the GM at Churchill Downs. Pretty good job for him. Yeah.
1: If, what a life you're leading. So, um, what's the, explain the disqualification?
0: Well, I'm going to tell you, but so. He, it worked out really well for me yesterday because when we were in Louisville in uh, November, Ryan, who we sat down with all weekend and hung out with while we were at the track, he explained that sometimes this happens and like actually happens kind of frequently. But
1: so this is you and your Twitter glory, like oh my God, finally this is what Jesus wants me to do on the stars. Let me start tweeting. You must have <laughs> tweeted a million tweets about how what this meant. Yes, absolutely. I haven't looked yet, hundred percent, right? So of
0: course, yeah. So yeah. basically, the horse, the the horse um, who's running in that in that lane. The leading horse, which was maximum security, uh, he ran about two links to the right, two, you know, two lanes to the right and ended up getting right in the feet of a horse who was behind him. And as a result, it slowed down everybody else and caused some chaos. The worst case scenario there, Ryan, could have been a situation where maximum security and another horse get tripped up on the front and everybody falls and like 20 car pile up. Yeah. But do you know what happens at a six car horse pile up?
1: I'm guessing some of those horses end up getting shot.
0: Uh, All six of them. Yes. So that would have been. Because they don't
1: break anything? Or they do break things. Every I mean, time if you get go.
0: if you get up and run away, yeah, you're great. But I mean, like if six horses collapse in a pileup, everybody's yeah. breaking a leg if they're going that fast. So,
1: so um, the rules are there's an imaginary lane that your horse has to stay in.
0: Yeah, more or less. It's like it's yeah, it's like a it, you can't just wildly veer all over the track.
1: So it's not like NASCAR, for example.
0: Well, NASCAR, you would you would I don't know if you get penalized, but you would certainly uh, it would be against it. But th- what happens is, if Ryan Ryan had told us about this um, the the other Ryan who works for Churchill, he had said, you know, there's these stewards who are independent of Churchill Downs who handle this all over the state of Kentucky and they go, you know, they work for the state and they go and they watch these races and they make sure that if, you know, a complaint is filed, they can review it. And so, you know, as one of the owners pointed out or one of the trainers pointed out during this interview process, while they're reviewing it, if this were your average Wednesday, you know, uh horse race in the middle of the day between just some random horses, no Amme- one gets the correct. Immediate disqualification. And so oh. and it was like a, he was like it's clear and obvious that this would be a disqualification if this was just a random. Let me ask orders. you something.
1: Is it true that the official reviewing this was named Jeff Triplett?
0: <laughs> it was uh it was uh who's the other guy that works for uh, no anyway, I can't fire fire blast other networks. Um,
1: now are, are these Stewards? These aren't the guys wearing the white suits that line the inside of the track, are they? No,
0: that's Tom Brady. <laughs> that
1: um, goofy hat. I Tom, he, Tom
0: Brady yeah. was there He was there with uh, Jimmy That's Garoppolo Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield He was Mayfield. talking to Von
1: Miller in one of the interviews, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: he predicted Code of Honor would win Code of Honor finished third um, Tom Yeah, uh, Baker Mayfield was the guy who who did the announcements That was exciting stuff at the Kentucky So uh,
1: was the maximum security, were the owners upset Or they knew that he automatically he Probably should have been disqualified
0: You saw it in their faces when they started getting interviewed That they were realizing just how badly uh, It was going they were like, well, you
1: can still, the stud fees, I'm guessing, is sort of the end game. That guy's still getting stud fees, though, right? Well,
0: I mean, they lost $1.2 million on that disqualification.
1: Is that a lot of money for those guys? Yeah.
0: The maximum security guys were not um a group. They're not like Bob Baffert, like loaded. I mean, $1.2 million is a lot of money for anybody. And uh, 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 uh Action Network reported that $42 million changed hands in terms of the betting because of that. So there you go. That's why you don't bet on horses. Um, Well, I
1: I tell you what, this is great news for CBS sports HQ because they were all over this thing. Yeah. And I guess the Kentucky Derby was a huge deal. I I don't obviously get into it, but once I saw people yelling and screaming on Twitter, I was like, I had no idea horses could be disqualified for veering out of their lane.
0: Most people didn't. Fortunately, I was there to save the world. Thank God. Uh, Also of note, (laughs) first you say the
1: super bowl. Now you say the Kentucky Derby.
0: I saw the headline, Brady Mayfield among players at super bowl at, at Derby. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who was interesting who was there. Von Miller, as you pointed out, Mayfield was there. It, it looks like a fun time. I was mean, Gronk there? Uh, Gronk was not there. I didn't. He see
1: was. It. He was cited somewhere else. Where was he cited?
0: Who knows? Uh, Wes Welker also not there. So weird. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Rashawn Gary, out of apropos of nothing, um, made his debut with a brace for the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'd be a little bit concerned about that. And then two uh, two. Contractual notes before we get to a break and talk about the 2020 mock draft. Uh, one of the Joneses, I think it was, uh, let's see, Jerry or Steven? It Jerry? Rashida? It was Steven, Rashida Jones. Um, said My that favorite Jones, by the way. A, this is a talk about Zeke Elliott's potential contract extension. Well, I think those are all a work in progress. Jones said Friday in regards to the Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott deals. Certainly, we've got a couple years there with Zeke to get that done. We certainly want to get him done. He's the straw, if you will, that stirs our drink, trying to talk like dad. He's a key part of what we're about. Those things take time to get done. They don't happen overnight. Certainly, he's a priority in terms of ultimately getting him signed. There hasn't really been a timetable put on this. In other words, no contract for Zeke Elliott this all season. They will try and push it back. Hey, by the way, quickly, yeah.
1: if I have to sign one of those people and not the other, yeah, Amari or Zeke, who are you taking?
0: Uh, I'm signing Amari.
1: Yep.
0: Although Zeke Ze- Zeke is special, but I'm um I'm not
1: a I'm Amari not... helped that offense a lot. Zeke obviously has a role, but again, Dak has to throw the ball. Somebody he can't just hand it off all day. And if you're play- paying Dak, and they got to do that soon. Yep. I'm taking Amari.
0: You could always just draft Saquon Barkley too. Uh, <laughs> and Bobby Wagner preparing like it's his last season in Seattle. They haven't worked out a new deal with him. That would be. Inter- I would be surprised if they didn't give bobby wagner a deal i thought
1: they were recording. uh he must be 30 now so he's near in the end 28 i think they oh they drafted ben burke herbin in the fifth round he is not bobby wagner but he is a tackling machine inside linebacker much smaller and they got cody barton in the third round so they have two guys there so they know this is coming to an end too cody Barton, sort of a better version of ben burke herbin in my mind um smallish middle linebackers that tackle a lot of guys so maybe they maybe they they see the writing on the wall as well
0: All right, Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we will discuss Ryan's 2020 NFL Mock Draft. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase clutch athletics at newbalance.com. All right. 2020, the way too early NFL mock draft. I actually Googled 2020 mock draft, hoping yours would be the first one that pops up. Somebody at CBS needs to work on our SEO.
1: Who's
0: first? Uh, a bunch of other ones. How many days? How... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chris Trapasso is coming out Monday, so he'll, he'll, Give us some more SEO juice.
0: Mine's coming up the Monday after vacation. That's great. I mean, it's going to be a great mock draft, a tremendous mock draft. You know, I mean, like
1: Mickey Mouse first round.
0: I mean, I'm not. I might have to push that back. I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, you use sports line projections, I believe, right, Ryan? To um, yeah,
1: that's why the Dolphins are picking first. Although I think there's a fair case to be made that the Dolphins could be the worst team in the NFL next year,
0: for sure, easily. And you have the Dolphins with the number one overall pick taking a defensive end and not a quarterback. What is going on here?
1: I love, I, I'm suddenly on the Josh Rosen. I was indifferent to Josh Rosen last year until Steve Kime started crapping on him over the last four months or so. So he needs to have a good season because he very easily could be in a situation where he gets dumped two years in a row for for a first-round quarterback. And it's not entirely his fault. He played on the worst team in the league last year, and he could play on the worst team in the league this year. No help on either team. And three years in a row, he could be jettisoned for what you know the owners and coaches hope is something better. So they need to play well, um, but yeah, I can see them taking Tua. I can see them taking uh, Justin Herbert out of Oregon, but I haven't taken Chase Young, who played three games with uh, what's his face Nick Bosa last year, until Nick Bosa got hurt and, and called it called it a, a college season. But uh, Chase Young is another animal that plays outside and could be the next great thing out of Ohio State along the defensive line. But look, so we have whatever thirty two guys here. You go back and look at the twenty nineteen way too early mock draft from. May 2018, and there were no Rockyosens, there were no L.J. Colliers, so there are a lot of guys that are obviously going to come out of nowhere. There were no Dwayne Haskins, oh, Daniel yeah, Jones, so yeah, just grain of salt, something to keep people interested until you know the actual college and, and NFL football season start.
0: Um You have two quarterbacks going in your top six picks, a surprise drop, I think, to number three for Tua Tag via Tag. How do you say it?
1: Tua Tagovailoa. Tag of it's
0: never, Tua. I, well is, number two, good
1: lord. I have the the Cardinals picking second. Can you imagine they take another quarterback?
0: Uh they could, Steve Kime. Who knows? Maybe they'll uh maybe they'll fire uh Cliff Kingsbury and hire Nick Saban and take Tua.
1: Yeah, I don't think Nick Saban's leaving leaving Alabama for that.
0: No, no Alabama's a much better job. But let me uh, so again, no, Now how much flack do you get from people on Twitter who are like, How dare you think the Raiders will have the third pick?
1: Oh yeah, you get that immediately because no one reads anything. Then they get angry. One person actually told me, "I said maybe I should have put it in all bold." And they said, "Yeah, it was hard to read. Put it in bold next time." <laughs> I said, you're, I'm like,
0: sorry. you're like, yeah, "Yeah, I guess I can't expect you to actually just read the words, pal."
1: But listen, if the Raiders win five games, Derek Carr is done.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. I think Derek Carr is done anyway. I think they're going to take could, somebody in the next two years. It's just a matter of when. And in here, you have them taking Tua in the third overall pick now. I would anticipate that in this scenario that there are teams, whether it's, uh, the Buccaneers or I guess not the Redskins, maybe the Jaguars.
1: I have the Jaguars second quarterback at six for whatever reason you're about to put out there.
0: No, no, I was going to say trading up a, trading up to number one with the Dolphins. If Tua has another good season to take him there as opposed to, um, the, the Raiders. Banking.
1: The Lions could be an option. Yeah, the I mean, Titans. It's,
0: it's crazy though. Like it's hard to find a ton. Of, like when you run through the teams who don't need quarterbacks. I mean, look, like the, the Dolphins could take one. That wouldn't be surprising. But the Cardinals are ruled out. Uh, it's like the Hard Knocks thing. If you took a quarterback last year, you're not taking one. I mean, the Bills are ruled out of taking a quarterback right now. The Bengals could do it. The Jaguars could do it. Uh, the Buccaneers could do it. Panthers could actually do it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Redskins ruled out. Giants ruled out. Lions right there on the fringe. Be surprised. 100% though. Titans could do it. We have no idea what will happen. The Falcons you can rule out. The 49ers you can rule out. Broncos you can rule out. Texans you can rule out.
1: Vikings you I can't.
0: I think you have to rule out the Vikings because that, that contract. He's got, got one more out.
1: year left after this year. It's a three-year deal, right?
0: Four, yeah, I guess so. Maybe that's
1: 385 right. or whatever it was. Yeah. Jet,
0: but Jets you can rule out. Cowboys you can rule out. Ravens you can rule out.
1: But unless the Cowboys don't resign Dak.
0: Nah, they're resigning Dak. Come on. They're not doing that. Jerry Jones thinks he found that. At any rate, my point being that like the Raiders could theoretically sit there and gamble at three that somebody will fall to them. I would guess in this scenario that they just bite the bullet and trade from three to one to make sure nobody leapfrogs them. You know what I mean? By the
1: way, they have two first round picks as well.
0: Of course they do. They have the Bears first round pick. And uh anyway, you had them taking Tua, and then you had them taking
1: an offensive lineman.
0: Tyler. Badass. Badass is how it looks. B i a d a s z. It's like his uh, parents owned a, um, like
1: a, bass pants store.
0: Yeah, I mean Tyler. Badass. Uh, anyway, get the center out of Wisconsin. When in doubt, give him a uh, give him a, a, a an offensive lineman from Wisconsin. Right.
1: Right. But number six. So I I would have been fine if the
0: uh, wait you have Jake Fromm falling to twenty one to the Packers. This is out of control.
1: Oh yeah, the Packers is another team that could be in the mix.
0: All right, Packers took a quarterback. That
1: he ain't falling that far. so i will take him. I we'll think- see. We'll see. I mean, you know, we had these conversations last year. Yeah, and I'll yeah. be honest. I'll be uh, forthright. I have not watched. Well, I've watched you? probably two or three of these guys play, and that's only because I thought they were coming out this year. So I will start that process in the coming weeks it's, it's, of watching. It would be this, it would yeah. be
0: insane for you to have fully also like well, first of all, it would be insane for you to have a full a full breakdown of Jake Fromm, Justin Herbert and Tua. Uh, like within a week after the 2019 NFL draft. And B, so much changes in a year. I mean, Ryan, Fi- Ryan Finley, Will Greer, and Jared Stidham were considered the top three prospects in, in this year's class coming in.
1: Right. Not the and somehow Ryan Finley was drafted two rounds ahead of Kelvin Harmon. Explain that.
0: Did you hear that, um, that's, a, it's insane. I heard somebody say, I think it was Albert Breer had a, uh, had a story where the Bengals had Ryan Finley above Kyler Murray. Or like Ryan Finley That's was like the fifth best player on their board.
1: That's not true. Or they would have taken him in the first round, unless I, they had Callum Murray as a seventh round pick.
0: I know it's nuts, right? I'm That's trying, not true. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna find it for you. You talk about. To are you talking about Justin Herbert? By
1: the person. way, I do love that the, the Bengals will only draft strawberry blondes for quarterbacks. <laughs> and um, as our as our boss EK pointed out, I don't think men are generally referred to as strawberry blondes.
0: Oh, excuse me. The Bengals had. Um, my understanding is the Bengals had their sights on, set on NC State's Ryan Finley because they had a good feeling that he'd be there early on day three. The Bengals had him fifth on their board behind the first four quarterbacks to go. Okay, and with the Yeah, great, and I with think
1: the, some guys – yeah, that's not outrageous. No, that's not outrageous at but all. It's number five. I mean, I like Finley a little better than Will Greer. A lot of people like Brett Rippon out of Boise State. But, again, they all have similar issues, whether it's arm strength or whatever. So, yeah, half a dozen of one.
0: Here's the crazy one, though. Speaking of long-held affections, the Panthers' love for local kid Will Greer was well-documented. How much did they love him? I'm told he was the third-ranked quarterback on Carolina's board behind only Locke and Haskins.
1: They didn't have a first-round grade on him, though.
0: No. No, they did not.
1: Oh. We know that from our our source.
0: Our source. Um, okay, so you have uh, Justin Herbert going to the Jaguars.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I'm never, I'm not sold on Nick Foles. I was never sold on him from the time they signed him, and I took it to being that the higher-ups were trying to, to – Secure their jobs for another year without having to gamble it on a young person. But at some point, you, you got to bite the bullet. And if, if he goes eight and eight and Justin Herbert's there, I would think they would be very interested in him if Justin Herbert's as good as we expect him to be. But we'll see. I, taking a quarterback for the Jaguars, is now the question, is if, what I'm saying. If
0: the Jaguars had the sixth overall pick, I can see it being very likely they take a quarterback. That would not surprise me. Yeah, they had me. the
1: seventh overall pick this year and didn't.
0: Uh, Jerry Judy, you have going seven to the, the Buccaneers. He's By the in- way,
1: these, um,
0: Alabama wide receivers are ridiculous. These
1: wide receivers in this class, last you know the twenty eighteen class, twenty nineteen class, you had to sort of look for guys like DK Metcalf would legit be a third round pick, probably in this class if these guys are as good as we think they are.
0: CD Lamb, what a name!
1: He is awesome. Again, I'm gonna keep talking. I'm gonna find this clip that I want right. you to watch it. Uh, the,
0: the, the guy, so you have him. You have Lamb going ninth out. of He's a sophomore out of Oklahoma to the uh, to the Washington Redskins, and then you have. Uh Laviska Chenault out of Colorado who is a, That's a guy that everyone's monster. Gonna know. he is a monster. Uh oh,
1: good, you know him already. Out of
0: Colorado. Yeah, I remember I watched him some last year um when you know just when Colorado was playing, and he is uh he would be a nice replacement, you're right, for Odo Beckham. Nobody's gonna ask Here, watch
1: him. this clip. I just texted you the clip of um Jerry Judy Magic, and this is This is him last year against Ole Miss, it looks, it looks like,
0: like? it looks like it's Ole Miss, yeah. No, no, this is yeah. This is, um, in fact, this is what happened in this Old Miss game. Good Lord. Just a toe-tapping move by...
1: So the, the Carter Donick tweeted this out, and he said, if most people stop on a dime, Jerry Judy stops on a nickel, and it's just him juking the, the doo-doo off his yeah. poor defensive back number well, two. Well,
0: this is, this is the score to make it 35. Oh my God. That's incredible. This is the score to make it 35 to seven, Alabama. You remember the first play of the game, uh, Old Miss goes up top to, uh, DK Metcalf for a score.
1: One handed seventy five yard catch against Savion Smith, who went undrafted, by the way.
0: Yeah. And it pissed off Nick Saban. Bad. The the Alabama's like thirty five point favorites in this game, and they were up thirty five seven, as you see, with eight minutes to go in the first quarter.
1: You gotta pace yourself, old miss.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um who so else? Who else? Uh, number five,
1: the pick before Justin Herbert, I have watched Bryce Hall because I thought he was coming out. He's a really good cornerback, really big, strong guy. Played oh, yeah. with one Thornhill, the safety. So he could, if he has another good season, he I think he could be a top fifteen pick. We'll see. But um, the Bengals always love drafting cornerbacks, so th- that wouldn't surprise me there. But that's sort of why he's there. Uh, oh, uh, Grant Delpit at LSU, I have him going to Carolina. They didn't get a safety in this class, and that was sort of a big conversation. That was a big talking point that they would somehow try to find to get a safety didn't happen. Um, Who knows what happens in free agency or who if someone emerges, but, you know, all things staying the same. Maybe they take a safety there and a really good one.
0: Did you, um, did you have a a way too early 2019 mock draft?
1: I'd have to look. I'm not sure.
0: Probably not. You didn't do one last after the draft. Yeah, I don't think I did. I think
1: RJ did. Did you do one?
0: I did do one.
1: Yeah, so RJ must have done one, Chris Trapasso probably did one and you did one.
0: I actually got, um, I, th- I think my, my original draft, mock draft was better than, um, one than my actual mock draft that I did right before the draft. I had, uh, I believe I had ten, I got ten first rounders right.
1: Yeah, that's not bad.
0: That's more than, that's more than, yeah, I got ten first rounders a year in advance and I got six a day in advance.
1: Imagine if you did a 2025 mock draft right now. You'd probably get them all right. I'd
0: probably get them all right. Yeah. I mean, I I think that, I mean, it's it's just hard. Like, I think Chenault is a lock to go in the first round if he puts, if he's productive again. Um, you know, I think we'll see somebody pop up in, in terms of a, in terms of a, a quarterback out of nowhere. It happens every single year from, I would really, look, if he comes out, I would be really surprised if he didn't, End up maybe be, he and he and Herbert are seven to one to be the first, first quarterback. We'll see game. his
1: there are questions about his athleticism, so we'll see about that. There's Shea Patterson out of Michigan, another kid that could also get drafted. I had Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson going in the first round. There are going to be a couple good running backs, more than a couple, actually. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, at 15, who do I have? I had oh, Dylan Moses, the linebacker at Alabama. He's actually better than Mac Wilson. He was better last year <laughs> than Mac Wilson. And Chip Patterson was talking about that when we were doing the podcast with him. And that's in and the next pick is Isaiah Simmons. And if you've seen Isaiah Simmons, you're like, who is that guy? He looks like a safety-slash-linebacker, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what he is. He reminds me of Cam Chancellor, so that's something that gets you going. He could be a guy to keep an eye on. T. Higgins, the, the wide receiver from Clemson, obviously very good. And then you mentioned Fromm at the bottom there. I had him going. Trying to, Henry is, Ruggs, another wide receiver at Alabama.
0: It is startling how many Alabama and Clemson players are in this mock I mean, draft. I, I mean, I'm not saying that you just – Plucked guys off those rosters. There's a good well, roster.
1: If, if you're worried about what to do, just start there.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, they're going to play for the fourth time in a row. You have, I mean, like you look at these guys and they're, they're name value guys. I mean, they're like, they're playing in the national championship again in a few months. I don't know why we're going to bother picking anything other, other I'll than I'll take this much. I wouldn't trade them. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we never got that clip uh, pulled. Thanks a I lot. I got to
1: talk to Junior about that.
0: Okay, on, Junior. All right. Um, uh, anything else you want to add before we, uh, get on out of here?
1: Uh don't get arrested at the park that would be embarrassing.
0: That would be I do hopefully I will not get arrested at Disney World. That would be very embarrassing. Thank you for your uh support Ryan through these hard times. Thanks for uh covering the podcast this week. Talk to you I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Someone else will be back to talk to you guys tomorrow.